it's the December 14th, 2018 edition of Weekly Signals, Weekly Review, World Report, broadcasting from Studio A at KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Casper. And... And there he is. <laughs> As always. Back in the saddle. The adult in the room. <laughs> Mahler, the fake news dog. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Coming up. Yes. The family. Mm -hmm. Clean water. (laughs) Internet ignorance and more. But first, do you eat chicken, Mike? I do. You do eat chicken? On occasion, I do have chicken. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How about you, Mahler? Mahler brought a friend in here. So go ahead, Mahler. Bring him in. Yeah. <laughs> Mahler. A new study <laughs> yeah. says that because we eat so much chicken and because modern chickens have distinctly deformed skeletons. Yes, like turkeys. Yeah. Archaeologists will be able to identify this age of human existence by the chicken bones we leave behind. <laughs> I believe that. So they're digging in the soil there. What they've done is through antibiotics and growth hormones, they've change the skeletal structure of these animals in a way that's significant. Yeah. There's more muscle, and so the skeleton has adapted to that. Yeah. The remains of domesticated chickens, or like we call them, Gallus, Gallus domesticus, yeah, will be the 21st century human marker. There are 22.7 billion Gallus, Gallus domesticus chickens in the world. That's more chickens than all other birds combined. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Why are there so many? Because of KFC. Yeah, because we eat a lot of chicken. Last year, more than 65 billion chickens were slaughtered. Yeah. Now, you get that. 65 billion chickens were slaughtered. There are 22.7 billion in the world. Yeah. So we're slaughtering chickens. Yeah. Their lifespan's like seven weeks. Right. To get to that bulbous stage that they're at. Right. So during the course of the year, we slaughter more chickens than there are in existence at any one point in time. Uh, in the wild, bird carcasses decay, but organic materials uh, like, say, Gallus, Gallus domesticus, yeah that's, yeah, that's you, they preserve well in landfills. Uh, that's where you throw your chicken <laughs> dinner bones and all that. Modern broiler chickens, Gallus Gallus domesticus uh, yes. are bred to be up to four to five times heavier, as you were saying, than yeah. they were back in the 1950s. Yeah. So their skeletons are unique, and they'll be great markers. We will be remembered by our chickens. Yeah. That's right, Mahler. I dated a woman named Gallus Alice one time. Gallus Alice? Gallus Alice, yeah. This is Gallus Gallus. Uh, yeah. Gallus Alice. Yeah. yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Hey, shut up over there. At least that was her nickname. Yeah. Mahler, do something about that chicken, will you? Will you eat that chicken, Mahler? Please. It's annoying me. The Earth is far more alive than previously thought. Uh-huh. Okay. We got more life here. Oh, I know. That's yes, according this is to an, yes. deep life studies that reveal a rich ecosystem under the ground yeah. that is almost twice the size of all the world's oceans. That's amazing. Yeah. Despite extreme heat, no light, minuscule nutrition, and intense pressure. That sounds like uh, my life. (laughs) (laughs) 
The diversity of underworld species is comparable to the Amazon or the Galapagos Islands. It's amazing. The study suggests 70% of Earth's bacteria and archaea, those little one-celled guys, mm. exist in the subsurface or under us. So right now we're standing here at KUCI. It's like Galapagos under our feet. One organism found 2.5 kilometers mm -hmm. below the surface has been buried for millions of years and may not rely at all on energy from the sun. I would think not. No. Instead, the methanogen has found a way to create methane, which it may not use to reproduce or divide. It's just saying we don't know. Right. It may not use it even to reproduce, but to replace broken parts. So this is something that's been around for millions of years and is two and a half kilometers below the surface. Ron Hazen, a mineralologist yeah. yeah. at the Carnegie Institute for Science said, we must ask ourselves if life on earth can be this different from what experience has led us to expect, then what strangeness might await as we probe for life in other worlds? Oh. Yeah, that sounds like a, a great Twilight Zone, doesn't it, Mahler? This could be a precursor to finding life on other yeah. planets that we thought. Subsurface life on Mars. Yeah, subsurface life on Mars. Might yeah. be Moon Maiden. Uh, well, yeah. Moon Maiden. Moon Maiden. Moon Maiden. She was a character in the Dick Tracy comic strip Is during the 1950s, and they lived on caves in the moon. Oh, in the, oh wow. Um, yeah, wow. caves under the surface of was the she, moon. Was she a looker? That one, the Moon Maiden, do we remember? You, she she had antenna. Oh, okay, a well, fine set of antenna. Oh, great yeah. set. Hashtag nice pair. <laughs> nice pair. Yeah. Of John Kelly. Yeah. Let's move on. Yes. Let's move on quickly. Yes, quickly. Before the <laughs> complaints come in, John Kelly. Yes. Who's always been one of my favorite. <laughs> yeah. of, of Trump's goons. Of all of his goons. Of yeah. all of his, yes. He seemed the most frustrated by Donald Trump. Well, let, yes. Yeah. Except. Yeah. Except. They always showed pictures of him with his head in his hand. Yeah. Or looking out into the distance while that Trump was, was saying something uh -oh. stupid. Yeah. The phone's ringing. It's uh -oh. a complaint. Uh-oh. Yeah, don't answer. No, it was, it's, Go it's, ahead. I didn't mean no, to No, no, it's there. the Moon Maiden. And yeah. She called. <laughs> yeah. so, you know what? It is the Moon yeah, Maiden. Yeah, this is uh, sexist and ageist that you guys are proffering here. We're going to talk about John Kelly. Yeah. He's gone. Yeah. He's gone. Or he's going, going, gone. When he became chief in July of 2017, Kelly, we were told, was going to be the adult oh, in the room. Yeah. Like Mahler. He's right here for us. <laughs> Mahler <laughs> keeps us in line, yeah. as Kelly was supposed to do with, yeah. with Trump. Keep yeah. him in line. Yes. What a joke. Yes. He was supposed to be unafraid to challenge yeah. our emotionally psychologically and mentally disabled president. Instead, Kelly was a chief of staff who told Fox News that the lack of ability to compromise, not slavery, but the lack of ability to compromise <laughs> led to the Civil War. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was it. If we'd have just let slavery go on, there would have been no you problem. You know, if yeah. we had just worked it out. Guys. While praising the pro-slavery Confederate General Robert E. Lee as an honorable man. Yeah. Eh, you don't do that. No. Kelly protected and promoted White House Staff Secretary Rob Porter, a man accused of domestic abuse by both of his ex-wives, and described him as a man of true integrity <laughs> and honor. <laughs> Kelly described immigrants who were eligible for DACA but had failed to apply for it as too lazy to get off their asses. Yeah. 
Kelly said that he wanted to reduce the number of refugees admitted into the United States to between zero and one. These are refugees. I know. These aren't immigrants. I know. These are people who are, what, running away from torture or They're running away from the murder capital of the world, yeah. which is the capital of Honduras. Yeah. So and Kelly defended the separation of migrant children at the border from their parents on the grounds that the kids would be put into foster care or whatever. Or whatever. Yeah. The Federal Bureau of Investigation is investigating the use of stolen identities that were used in the public comments on the government's repeal of net neutrality rules. You know, when they did that recently, not the first time, right? when they were completely inundated with calls for net neutrality, Mm -hmm. Ajit Pai, Ajit Pai, yeah. Ajit Pai, he's ahead of the uh, the FCC. Yeah, he wanted public comments, or he didn't want them, but he acquiesced and accepted public comments. Mm-hmm. Sounds like he conspired to put up false public comments. Yeah, the investigation focuses on whether crimes were committed when potentially millions of people's identities were posted to the FCC's website without their permission. Right falsely attributing them to opinions against net neutrality. The New York Attorney General's office estimates that up to 9.5 million comments on the FCC's net neutrality repeal were submitted using stolen identities, but FCC Chairman Ajit Pai refused to provide information needed for the investigation. Pai's restoring internet freedom, that's what he calls it. Of course they do. Yeah, Yeah, they always call it exactly the opposite of what it is. The only freedom it's restoring is freedom for corporations to screw you over. To charge you more money. So your access to the internet will be based on your ability to pay for what should be a public utility. Yeah. It yep. should not be. And it's using up space to put crap online exactly. is what it is. Just right. to stream a bunch sure. of crap right. so you'll pay money not to get information right. out there that's helpful, but to entertain you. It's been proposed a couple of times over the course of the last eight to ten years, even during the Barack Obama administration. Yeah. And there were millions of people. They literally broke the Internet in terms of protesting against this. So there's a history of millions and millions of people stepping up to say no to the idea of taking away net neutrality. So in this case, it's obviously a fraud. There aren't that many people who are pro-corporate charging us money for better access to the Internet. Pi's restoring Internet freedom proceeding that led to the repeal of federal net neutrality rules attracted nearly 24 million public comments... A large number of fraudulent comments help obscure the fact that about 98% of unique comments written by individuals were opposed to Pi's appeal. Yeah. 98% opposed. And yet, yet, yeah, Mahler, the public, almost 100% of the public wants net neutrality. Yeah. And yet your government is giving you a system which is going to limit the amount of information you can get and just confine the Internet to... To crap. Net neutrality is a winner. <laughs> this is a little-known fact. Really? That uh, Aji Pai is the least popular holiday confection. I don't know if you know that. Really? Yeah. It's behind fruitcake? It's behind fruitcake. Wow. Yes, it is. It's it's a combination of baked beans uh-huh. and cantaloupe. And it just isn't really work. Really? Yeah. As a pie. Aji pie? It just doesn't work. It doesn't work. work. It just uh-uh. doesn't work. You know the crust of the pie, too. It gets yeah. a little bit soggy yeah. with all the cantaloupe. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, that's a problem. Nearly 40,000 people in the United States died by guns last year. Mm. 
I guess people shot them. Yes. I would assume yeah. that someone a, yeah. was on the other end of that yeah. gun when it wasn't just laying before there. those people died. Yeah. yeah, Making it the highest number of gun deaths in decades, according to a new analysis of data from the Center for Disease Control, 23,854 people died from suicide by guns in 2017, the highest number in 18 years. God. Nearly 109 people died every single day from gun violence. The NRA, you know about them. Yes, I we'll do. We'll get into them. Yes, we National do. Rifle Association tweeted its long-standing position after this news came out. What they said is gun control laws are not the answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> At least they're consistent. If we want to prevent more horrific acts of violence, our leaders need to stop demonizing right. the men and women of the at NRA and find solutions that will save lives. Yeah. There there yeah, might more guns. More That's guns. What we need, we need to more save guns. Lives. Yeah. I, I swear. Meanwhile, the commission investigating Florida's Parkland school shooting recommended that teachers be allowed to carry guns in school. The good news for this year, apparently the NRA is broke or about to go broke. Woo, now, yeah, I have a yeah, wild-ass yeah, theory that yeah. there may not be. First of all, it could be as simple as people have just stopped contributing money to it. Yeah. Second thing I think might have happened. You're speculating. I am totally speculating here. And that is there are now reports, credible reports, that the conviction of uh, Butina, the woman who was yeah. just convicted, the Russian agent. Yeah, we're yeah. going to get to her yeah. in a minute. Mahler likes it. The Russians were in the process of infiltrating the NRA and other groups, other right-wing groups. I believe that that may be one reason why people have stopped giving money to the NRA, is that the fact that they were being compromised by the Russians. I also think a lot of institutional money, which the NRA does get, from yeah. big organizations, has pulled out because of this scandal. I and think the, that's more to the point. Yeah. yeah, and so they're literally, according to reports, scrambling to make the rent. Maria Bettina, yeah. the gun-loving Russian Trump supporter. Ruski. Ruski, she pleaded guilty to yeah. a single charge of conspiring to act as a foreign agent in a deal with federal prosecutors. Yeah. Bettina admitted to being involved in an organized effort backed by Russian officials to open up unofficial lines of communication with influential Americans in the NRA. It's interesting that it's the NRA they want to get to. I mean, a lot of other groups, but nevertheless, it's the NRA that they're targeting to influence the government. That's exactly which right. Which shows you the connection between the two right there. Yeah. Bettina's guilty plea now casts a spotlight on the Americans she worked with, including prominent members of the NRA yes. and her boyfriend, Paul Erickson, a longtime Republican operative who ran Patrick Buchanan's 1992 presidential campaign and who now faces accusations of fraud in three states. He just received a letter saying that he was the target of a federal investigation, Mr. Erickson did. Yeah. What a gem he must be, going all the way back. That's a golden oldie, running Pat Buchanan's campaign in 1992. He gave one of the most frightening speeches up until Trump. He gave one of the most frightening speeches you've ever heard in the history of politics yeah. at the 1992 Republican convention. It's very much an echo of today, anti-immigrant in a way that we had never heard before, the virulence with which he was speaking about the immigrant population. Butina was also fostering Russian involvement 
with an organization called The Family or called The Fellowship. You can call it either one. One of the most powerful groups that you've never heard of in the entire world. They are a collection of very powerful politicians, business leaders, community leaders, and severely right-wing evangelicals. Very secretive, and they are able to affect a lot of influence on politics in this country. They've now opened up a branch in Moscow, which Vladimir Putin has become an active part of. And the idea behind the fellowship or the family is that they believe in the strongman version of the story of Christ. They believe if you are able to convince the shepherd of your convictions, then you will bring the sheep along with them. And in this model, they have embraced many of the strongmen of history, including Mao Zedong, Adolf Hitler, and Joseph Stalin, as examples of how a strongman can influence an entire nation. So this is the kind of people that... I don't associate Adolf Hitler with Christ somehow. Well, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) They are one of the (laughs) most influential lobbying groups in the world. Many congressmen live at their home in Washington, D.C. on C Street. They bunk there when they're not back home at their district. They have a 12-bedroom building in which they house many of uh, senators and congressmen. Do any women stay there? Not that I know of. No. It's, it's pretty Except much— Except Maria Bettina. Well, Maria Bettina may have, may have had some sleepovers. There Ooh. may have been some slumber parties yeah, there. I have uh, no idea. I don't want to make those kind of accusations, yeah. but yeah. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. Visit us at facebook.com slash KUCI 88.9 on our Tumblr blog at KUCIRadio.tumblr.com, on Twitter at KUCI FM. Stream us live on iTunes. Go to Internet, College University, KUCI 88.9 FM. The Trump administration wants to roll back a major clean water rule. That's what they want to do, because <laughs> our water is so clean right now. It's, we need to make it dirtier. It's too clean. Yeah, it's, it's just too damn we clean. We got it too good. Yeah. It says this uh, new plan of theirs, the EPA under Obama, went too far in regulating waters and wetlands far upstream from navigable lakes and rivers. So I guess if you can't float a boat on it, it's not worth protecting. Yeah. If it's just water, who cares? It has to be like a bunch of water packed into a big river that we float a boat on. Right. That's that's what they want to protect. Otherwise, who cares about the water, the drinking water? Or either that or they don't know that a lot of our water comes from far upstream. That's right. And also marshes. It's a water purification system, if, yeah. if properly tended to. This is something I'm a little familiar with with my time from yeah. uh, being at Public Works, and that is this has always been a very active discussion as to what's a navigable waterway. The reason it's so important is because you bring to bear a lot of regulations when you are able to make that case, whether it's navigable or not. And so the Trump administration is, of course, taking the absolute opposite perspective. Yeah. The proposal would change the EPA's definition of waters of the United States, limiting the types of waterways that fall under federal protection to major waterways, their tributaries, adjacent wetlands, and a few other categories, so the industry and fossil fuel production companies can pollute our water supply. It's pretty much what it is. That's what the waters of the United States will be. The administration hopes to finalize the rule next year, but environmental groups are already planning legal challenges. National Resources Defense Council John Devine said that the proposal is absolutely reckless 
Now, you can go to the nrdc.org and find out more about them. Given the problems facing our lakes, he said, streams and wetlands from the beaches of Florida to drinking water of Toledo, now is the time to strengthen protections for our waterways, not weaken them. That's nrdc.org. And one of the biggest points of contention is the erasure of protections for ephemeral or intermittent waterways. Yes. Ephemeral streams only flow after precipitation, right. after rain. Right. In case you didn't know that precipitation <laughs> word right. there, because that's a long one. Right. Yeah, but yeah, they constitute a major part of our water system. Of course they do, especially here in, in the southwest Cal- and yeah. west. Yeah. Nearly 60% of all U.S. waterways, 60% and 81% in the arid southwest are ephemeral or flow seasonally, the types of waterways that would lose protections. The new rule could affect our drinking water too, so this is just crap. And it's Republicans. Getting rid of Trump is not going to make this kind of stuff go away. Right. Getting I- rid of Republicans will. Well, hopefully when Trump is gone, the stain of Trump will stay on the Republican Party for many generations. Yeah, uh, we can like it did on. after Nixon was gone. Yeah, for what was that, like but, three, four okay, years? Okay, I'm going to point, four yeah, years. Right, well, let's point to an example where it did matter. Yes, you're right about Nixon. The, an example of where it, it still, to this day, has an impact. The Republicans, going back to Pete Wilson in Prop 184, yeah. when he brought in that anti-immigration proposition to California, in order to win his reelection as governor, has until now tainted the Republicans as an anti-immigration party here in California, and they have been in a steady state of decline ever since. So I'm hoping that the country follows the Governor Wilson model and says to hell with the Republicans for undermining our institutions. That's true, but I, I, I'm, you're probably we concentrate on the liberal end of things and don't recognize a great amount of stupidity in the world. No, I'm, I'm, I can't I, disagree with that. I think know, 40% still support this ass who runs the country I, I know, right now. 46%, yeah. but that was a Rasmussen poll. So, yeah, yeah you're right. You're right. I know, I'm not disputing it. A coalition of environmental groups who monitored divestment released a report at the Poland Climate Talk showing that the number of groups pulling their money out of fossil fuels had reached 1,000. 1,000 groups pulled out of fossil fuel investment. Together... These groups manage nearly $8 trillion worth of funds. They manage it. There's not $8 million of funds coming out, but right. they manage that. While diplomats at the UN climate talks are having a hard time making progress, our movement has changed how society perceives the role of fossil fuel corporations and is actively keeping fossil fuels in the ground. May Beauvais, the executive director of 350.org, who is involved in the divestment campaign, said in a statement. That's 350, just the numbers. That's right. Dot org. You go there, you find out about all this stuff. And can I just say that 350 relates to the amount of carbon particles per million in the atmosphere? And it's at that point that science has determined that is when we will see a dramatic increase in the effects of climate change. So yep. we can't get above that amount, according to 350.org. The new report notes that the groups are divesting are diverse and include faith-based organizations, governments, foundations, educational institutions, and pension funds. A Goldman Sachs report recently blamed divestment in part for coal's steep decline and warned big oil. Of course, Goldman Sachs would do that. They could suffer the same fate. Big oil could if it doesn't get its act together. Well, I hope they do suffer the same fate. I hope they go down horribly. I have, 
Yes. Oh, Mahler. Mahler. I, I, have, I, I have one quick modest proposal. Okay. The problem that we're having is big oil has an already invested in a future development of oil. They have put billions and billions of dollars into buying the property, putting up the infrastructure, building the rigs to in order no, to extract. No, that's damn fault. No, no, they listen, knew but that know, they were right. destroying the environment when they started this gig back in the 70s. You're right. So they're buying up stuff since then. Right. They deserve to lose. But you're, you're right. But using their own political power, their immense wealth, they are thwarting efforts to keep the oil in the ground yeah. because they've made an investment. Yeah. My proposal would be uh -huh. to extend a one-time ironclad proposal to oil companies for a tax credit. If they leave it in the ground, we will give you a tax credit, and you have to use that money on renewables. We're helping their business make the transition. We're keeping the oil in the ground. And I know it costs a lot of money. We have to be assured that they're not going to try and skirt around it, but give them a tax credit, keep it in the ground, use that money for renewables. So you're rewarding the people who screwed things up. I'm not rewarding. I'm being practical. Here's I'm my being... proposal. Put them in jail. Well, I... Or how about that? On the end of a pitchfork. Well, okay. <laughs> Babies on pitchforks. Uh, yes. No, I... Oil executives, oil on, executives pitchforks. on pitchforks. Speaking of pension funds, Wall Street is taking over America's pension plans. Wall Street. That's who I want That's in charge of yeah. my pension. Yeah. A bunch of gamblers. Exactly. The casino has your pension right now. <laughs> and Wall the house Street, always wins, by the way. Yeah. Wall Street spent upwards of $300 million to influence the midterm election. Yep. A key part of its agenda is a plan to move more and more of the $3 trillion in unguarded government pension funds into privately managed high-fee investments. Oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> Illinois, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island all recently elected governors who were previously executives and directors at firms which manage investments on behalf of state pension funds. Yeah. That's not good. No. Yeah. These firms are now consequently in position to obtain even more of these public funds. Of the $3 trillion in public assets currently in pension funds throughout the country, almost a quarter of that has already found its way into so-called alternative investments. Yeah. Which means they're gambling with your money. That's right. Like hedge funds? Yes. Why do they call it hedge funds anyway? It's right off the bat, I don't want to put my money in something called a hedge fund. Right. Well, the guys who run it, there's no hedging. They're going <laughs> to yeah. make money. You're the one who's hedging. Private equity and real estate. That translates to roughly $660 billion of public money now under private management. Yeah. When the pension money is not managed publicly, there is no incentive to invest in local infrastructure, and there's nothing to dissuade investors from putting public money into investments that harm the local community, like outsourcing local jobs abroad. Exactly right. You have no control over what happens to your money. This was a trick that was used quite a lot in the 90s and into the 2000s, where somebody would come in and buy a company, and they would take the pension fund, the amount of money in the pension fund, and they would use it as collateral to take out loans. And then when everything went belly up, that's why we lost a lot of pensions was because they were used as leverage or as collateral on loans. And in, in 2008, when all the companies went belly up, pension funds took a huge hit. Yeah. And this is what will happen if this is allowed to go forward. And finally, Republican congressmen are idiots. That's oh, the latest what? news. <laughs> wow. 
Breaking news. Yeah. We are breaking breaking news here today. Uh, That's right. I'm on yeah. Google. Google. You know, you've heard of Google, right? Yeah, I have. Its CEO, Sundar Pichai, met with the House Judiciary Committee. He wanted to talk about Google's role in the intertubes. <laughs> yes. You know about that. I do. The intertubes yeah. and Google. Apparently, they play a big role yeah. in the intertubes. Yeah. Stephen King, Republican of Iowa, wanted to know why his seven-year-old granddaughter found a picture of him with foul language underneath it. That's what he, <laughs> well, Steve, maybe it's because you hang out with neo-Nazis. Maybe that's it. Of all the people to be morally indignant. Yeah, and by the way, Steve, you could not give your seven-year-old daughter an iPhone yeah. Yeah, or give her access to the Internet. Yeah, I, yeah. That, that might help. What, you don't know that people are out there? Saying oh, nasty he's just, things. He's about playing you? to the peanut gallery. Are you kidding me? He's just moralizing. He's the, he's the music man of Congress. King then demanded that Pichai release the social media histories of every Google employee. <laughs> oh, that's going to happen, Steve. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you know who else was at that hearing? What? Alex Jones and, <laughs> and Roger Stone. They were sitting side by side because, damn it, Google is anti-conservative. Steve Shabbat, yeah. Republican of Iowa, who told Pichai that he believed Google was rigging things yes. against conservatives. Uh. That's because people think conservative politicians who reject climate change aren't very smart, I would think. <laughs> that was probably a lot I of it, yeah. yeah. And Louis Gohmert, you yeah. know, oh, the Republican of Texas, I love him. said that Pichai should do something about Wikipedia's <laughs> liberal editors around the world who <laughs> edit his page at night when he's not looking. <laughs> In response uh, to all this. Listen, I'm not saying there are problems with Google. I uh, There are. Yeah. I think there are some serious problems with Google. Go ahead, please. Neither of us are. Yeah, yeah they, they've got to rein things in, but yeah. this is an algorithm out there right. that decides these things. If Republicans think that Google is biased toward their stupidity, no. No. It's because you literally are doing stupid things. Right. In response to all this nonsense... Zoe Lofgren, a Democrat of California, asked with a smile on her face, Right now, if you Google the word idiot under images, a picture of Donald Trump comes up. <laughs> I just did that. <laughs> How would that happen? <laughs> you can subscribe to the Weekly Signals Weekly Reviewed Podcast at weeklysignals.com. Weeklysignals.com. Subscribe now. <laughs> <laughs>